Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. Can you believe it, everybody? It is season five of the Love Good Podcast. I mean, that's really crazy and such a joy to be recording in the brand new, fully soundproof studio just outside of Tampa, Florida. Now, I've been talking about having a studio down here for quite some time, but we finally pulled it together in a really professional way. I'm sure you can hear the difference just in the quality of this recording right now. Our good friend and producer, Sean Goff, drove all the way down to Tampa. This was only a couple of weeks ago. This is the very first recording that I have done in this new space here in Palm Harbor, Florida, to be specific. And Sean not only had crazy car trouble, I mean, the guy literally hand-built these beautiful, beautiful soundproofing panels. We've got one with a custom Love Good logo. I'm staring it in the face right now. And I finally feel like we've got a, a professional studio in Florida. All right, I've been talking about it. We've been sort of makeshifting it from day one. It is finally official. And anyways, massive shout out to Sean Goff, who is the producer of this podcast, who spends quite a few hours every single week perfecting these episodes so that when they hit your ears, they just sound amazing. And by the way, if you ever, you know, decide you want to come to Nashville as a singer-songwriter and record an album, Sean Goff's your guy, all right? He doesn't just produce podcasts. He produces artists and incredible music. He's also an artist himself. And uh, I'm just a really big fan. And this is my way of not only shouting him out right now, but just expressing my gratitude. It makes all the difference when you love the space that you're recording in. So all that to say, today we're launching season five. I'm sitting down with the one and only Marisol Alisea. And many of you know her because she is the first point of contact for all of our patrons and our artists for that matter. She's the one who is constantly keeping seasonal packages churning out to all of our beloved patrons across the world. She's also the one in constant contact with our artists. So nobody knows what's going on with Love Good Artists better than Marisol. And so today we're just going to pull back the veil a little bit to really, first of all, reminisce and remember the early days of Love Good dating all the way back to 2013. Then we're going to recap the craziness of 2020, not only for you know all of us individually and personally. I know we've all had crazy, crazy 2020s, but even for Love Good, all right, there was a lot of silver lining in the midst of the chaos that was 2020. And then not only that, we're going to really, in a very special way, announce I'm just going to go ahead and announce it now. Why the heck not? Marisol is going to be at Seek 21. Now, you might be wondering what that is. It's the largest gathering, pretty much one of the largest, at least, gatherings of college students anywhere in the world. And it takes place just about every January with an organization that we know and love called Focus. And there's a, a beautiful movement within Focus called A Beauty Initiative. And we are in partnership with them to pull off this Awaken competition that we're going to tell you a lot more about, I'm sure, in the weeks ahead. But for now, just know that following Love Good on social media, specifically Instagram in the days ahead, will be huge for getting your insider scoop through Marisol 
on Seek 21. It's a, it's a virtual conference this year, but there are hubs of college students meeting in person all over the country. And Marisol is going to be at one of those biggest hubs actually in the country down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So, so much to come for now. Sit back and enjoy this beautiful new single, brand new release from Jackie Minson. It's called Made of Memories and it's available everywhere digital music is streamed. Marisol, I say welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Jimmy. How are you doing? Great. I mean, I'm in Nashville right now. Yeah. It's February, and I'm a Florida boy at this point, so I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing my jacket because it is cold out there. Mm-hmm. I actually think that for most of the last couple of years, you've been enjoying warmer weather than you've grown up with, certainly in D.C. Oh, absolutely. Even Kansas. Yeah. But I have to say, I, I've gotten to a point where I like wearing a t-shirt year-round. I can imagine. No, I've noticed you the past couple of days. You're definitely more, bit, like, what's it, warm-blooded? Warm-blooded. Than you were I have before. no idea. Is that what that means? I don't know. Thin skin, for sure. Get cold easier. I don't know what that's I mean, called. I have not had to bundle up, but maybe once since moving to Tampa, Florida. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And, yeah, that's pretty uh, nice. <laughs> I have to say, though, being back in Nashville, these, these trips have been intermittent. You know, every few months, I'll get mm-hmm. back for a few days. When I was back here in December, I was immediately overwhelmed by the smell, which is funny. The smell of? Not my home. Not necessarily Nashville. I, I sensed it at my first rest stop in Tennessee. It's the trees. Mm. It's the flowers. At that point, they were mostly all dead. But even just like the, the, the look of the land, it's just so different than what I'm used to right now. So it brought back lots and lots of warm memories. And it definitely has felt like a homecoming every time I've come back to Nashville. But I must also say this, that I'm officially calling Tampa home. Aww. Not like in a dramatic or sort of like eternal way, you know? Yeah. Just in a, you got to adjust. You got to yeah. start to feel at home where you're newly planted. Mm-hmm. You've been in Nashville now for two and a half years. Yeah. How how at home do you feel at this point? Yeah, I f- it's crazy. I feel very at home here in Nashville. The, the live music. Well, it's been a little weird in 2020 not having as much live music, but and just the city itself. Like the Tennessee trees. The other day, we drove to Chattanooga to grab the coffee. That's right. It was actually not the other day. It was a while ago. But we stopped at this random rest stop, like right before you get to Chattanooga. I have absolutely no idea what town it was in. But just stopped, like go to the bathroom, and then like walked out of the little bathroom building. And the most gorgeous sunset I think I've ever seen in my life over the Tennessee River. That's awesome. Question mark. But... That's what I love about Tennessee. Yeah. I, I don't get that in Maryland. I don't know why. There's a lot of raw beauty in Tennessee. Yeah. The hills. Yeah. Even just the fact that like the further east you go, you actually get into like retirement. It's so beautiful. Like headquarters. Like people definitely love to retire in Florida. No doubt about it. Yeah. But a lot of people retire in East Tennessee. Yeah. It's just actually that gorgeous. The yeah. mountains, you can't beat them. It's so beautiful. So this wasn't even necessarily the intention of bringing up the idea of home. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot 
that we could talk about there, especially yeah. when you think about the purpose of love good and really the, the incredible influence or, or impact that beauty has on the soul yeah. to remind us, I think, of what home should look like, yeah. what home should feel like, what home should elicit within the soul. There's obviously a, a really fun album out. I guess this is about a year ago, Chris Tomlin put out this like country record. Do you know about this? Yes. So Chris Tomlin, for those who don't know, he's like, you know, sort of the biggest name in Christian music and has been for a decade. Time Magazine named him the most sung artist in history because his songs are sung by millions of people every single Sunday at the very least, but he's also all over radio and collaborates with everybody. What I didn't know is how much he clearly has some kind of knack or some kind of side love for country music. And so it's like him and all these great artists that I actually really, really love. You know, it reminds me. Oh, wait, me this of, is the Thank You Lord record. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I love Thomas this record. Thomas Rhett, obviously yeah, Lady A. Yeah, Georgia Line. Really a fun album. Why am I bringing this up? Because there's a song, it's called Forever Home, mm -hmm. which initially you think, ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know where that's going or where that's coming from. Because initially, this is kind of cheesy, right? And then I kept thinking, everybody, especially once married with kids, looking for their quote unquote forever home. Mm -hmm. Like I remember very specifically when Jason Everett said this backstage at a conference two years ago, he moved to Phoenix, Arizona recently and said, I, I finally found my forever home. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean by that? You know? And what he meant by that is they finally found the home that they can see themselves not only raising kids and they've been doing that for a while. In a sense, they could also see themselves one day having grandkids yeah. in that home. They could see themselves staying there for the next 20, 30, 50 years to make it that far. That's pretty far. He's probably <laughs> in his 40s. But what an amazing thing to even this side of heaven find a sense of permanence yeah. and a sense of belonging that profound, even within the home that you live in. But obviously, that's not what this song is about. It's about the eternal home, mm -hmm. the actual forever home that we all long for. For me, and I'm sure for you, Marisol, beauty points to that. Yeah. Truth, that deep need in my heart to remember that I'm immortal. Yeah. That I'm actually made for eternal things and ultimately eternal joy. When do you first remember waking up to that reality in your own life? Of realizing the forever? It's like homesickness for heaven. Yeah. Got any memories of that? I mean, I remember when I was younger feeling this like lone like just loneliness. I think especially I think as a girl in middle school, your friends are like everything. <laughs> Who's your best friend? It's like the most dramatic question you can ask a fifth grader. Yeah. And I remember just having this moment one day where I was just realizing that all of my best friends like weren't enough. Mm. Even though I had really great friends, like that's just like not enough. Yeah. And I remember just like, okay, I think I'm looking for like the best friend. Mm. And so, I mean, I think that is, the, that's what comes to mind is like my first inclination of looking for something truly eternal. Yeah. That's but, a good point, because even right now, I'm realizing I, I just spent the last 16 years of my life calling Nashville home, mm -hmm. and yet it didn't take long for me to feel yeah. at home again. Mm -hmm. Yes, it helped that my dad lived 20 minutes down the road and, and does live 20 minutes down the road, Tarpon Springs, you know? He lives in this really, really cool Greek village. His home is on the water. I've been going down there for 10 years. It's, it's always felt like a yeah. vacation, you know? It also helps that I'm working at a school that I absolutely adore, a job that I love, people that I just can't get enough of every day. It's such a blast. But I think it's also, it runs deeper than that, you know? It even runs deeper than the fact that I was able to kind of rebuild a, a, a makeshift Love Good studio that I think at this point, by the time this podcast releases, is pretty much an actual Love Good studio in Tampa, fully soundproofed and professionally ready to go, you know? 
those little moments of integration with other seasons of life or other desires on my heart, yeah, that's really helpful to keep you feeling at home. But I think ultimately it's something bigger than that, which is really what we want to dive into today is this incredible mystery of a God who is always making things new. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reminded, and we may read it a little bit later, but this passage from Isaiah 43 that Father Ryan Adorjan led a whole retreat for our apprentices with about a year and a half ago. Do you not perceive it? You know, behold, I'm doing something new. Do you not not perceive it? That passage really jumped out at me back in June, back in June of 2020. And I found myself so mesmerized by it, even though I had read it a thousand times, that I wrote it down on a little note card and then I taped it to the mirror in my bathroom here in Nashville. This is like the first week of June, right? And I underlined that phrase, something new. And I didn't really know what that meant for me in that season of life. I was not anticipating a phone call a month later that was gonna actually change my life or at least change the next year of my life by getting me to move to Tampa, Florida and take this job in campus ministry at an all boys (laughs) Catholic high school, you know? And I took that piece of paper, that note card with that little passage with me down to Florida because I, I obviously can see how the Lord prompted that and then fulfilled it very quickly in the matter of a few weeks back yeah. in the summer of 2020. But why don't I live with that same kind of joyful anticipation of the next great thing that God's going to do in my life every single day, yeah. maybe even every moment of every day, you know? How do you live with newness, you know? How do you live with a sense of a, a fresh childlike spirit at all times? Yeah. I think the answer is beauty, you know? And I think, too, we have to remember that the goodness and the new, too, because we're very different people. Mm-hmm. Newness scares me. Whereas <laughs> no, I thrive on newness. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, I want to live with this anticipation of the new, too, and I struggle with that as well. But for me, too, I have to not be so scared of the new because I know that what is given to me is good yeah. because it is given to me by God. Mm. And His will is always good. And so that's been something I've been working through a lot, too, because— as change happens and as you grow, like it gets, it's scary. It's so mm, scary. Like mm. I, this, this is so unknown. I don't know what's coming. And I, but I have to put my trust yeah. in way beyond myself, way beyond all these things that are changing. I got to give you some credit though, because when I came to you with this initial idea of moving to Tampa, <laughs> you were like, yeah, get out of here. Go, go, go. I mean, we had that big meeting, you, me, and the yeah. apprentices this past summer. Like, okay. What would this actually look like? Practically speaking, could we pull it off? You know, could I step away, yeah. not entirely, but but really hone my efforts for love good into maybe five to 10 hours a week and then entrust the rest of it to you guys? And by you guys, it was mostly you and then Ryan Hinlow, who's mm-hmm. overseen all of our social media since then. I think for me too, I think it was, it's similar to your experience. That whole week in prayer, I'd really felt that like something was going to really shift with love good. I didn't know I had no idea what that meant, but I knew I knew something was going to radically shift and I knew that there were different things that were going to change and yeah. I so when you said that mm. it just made so much sense. Also like it made a lot of sense too with like your heart and like seeing where you've been this past year like 2020 I could tell that you not doing very active apostolate in 2020 was really difficult and I wanted that for you. Yes, and I could yeah. tell that that was, I could tell that the Lord is going to do something there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that. I mean, it was surprising, obviously. I didn't mm-hmm. see it coming, but like it it made so much sense yeah. that day that you came to me and said that you were going to, you're thinking about this job. It's pretty cool. I mean, we have a lot of folks who listen 
to the podcast yeah. who maybe aren't patrons or haven't been around you know, since day one. Yeah. And for the last few weeks, you've been going through this bonus series, this throwback mm-hmm. series with really cool conversations with artists that we've known and loved for a long time. Yes. All the way back really to 2010 mm-hmm. when Conley Nixon and I released a Marion Grace sacred music album together. But frankly, it was sort of a very intentional effort to kind of separate that brand from her pop music that I was obsessed with at the time. It was like folk, jazz, pop music that she still does on the side, but she hasn't put out as much music kind of under that genre since. It was about a year later that I met Kevin Hyder, 2011. Mm -hmm. It was right around that exact same time we started to do these pro-life music festivals. And then suddenly Chris Cole was living in Nashville and wicked talented. And we were meeting people like Burke and Graffia and Sam Knight. And the list goes on, Longelous. Yeah. A lot of people who aren't actually doing music full-time anymore, but who then had moved to Nashville, or in some cases had even grown up in Nashville, like Luke Bellette, and were suddenly trying to make a career in music. And we were all friends and we all thought we should we should be doing stuff together, you know? Yeah. And for me, it wasn't from the perspective of a musician that I wanted to bring everybody together. And it's not like I was trying to start a band. I was trying to start a movement. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to, in a sense, like foster their creativity, but also their community with each other. Okay, long before you were working alongside Love Good Day In and Day Out, you know, what were some of your first impressions? Would it have been through mutual friends and patrons like Mary Frain? And and even at that time, what did you know? Because I don't think we hardly had a podcast when you came on board. We, we had you know barely expanded beyond me running it as a one-man show. And even then, I was probably way more busy traveling and doing kind of ministry and, and missionary work than I was running Lovegood. Lovegood at one point between 2013 and 2017 took a major backseat because my life was suddenly constantly on the road. Yeah. What was your impression coming in? Do you remember? Do you remember your yeah, initial? What What is Love Good from from your from your perspective at that point? Well, what's really funny is I remember. This is so funny. I remember one day I was sitting at the Benedictine College cafeteria, and my good friend Jackie Traco mm. came and sat down next to me, and I asked her what she was doing this summer, right. and she was like, "I'm actually going on this crazy tour with this guy named Jimmy Mitchell," <laughs> <laughs> and she told me all about this Love Good tour, and I just sat there. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." Like just sounded really good. And I love her music and I loved her career and we had sung together all the time. So I was really like excited that she was doing something like this. And this whole idea of a tour, like at people's houses, these house concerts was crazy. And then I honestly like just like kind of forgot about it. But, and I've talked about this. Anyone that's like seen me at a show before has heard this story of how when I was in college, I had this really strong experience of recognizing how much music and media affected me. And I wanted so badly to start to be really intentional about that. And towards the end of my college time, I was seriously investing in like my time trying to find beautiful, beautiful music. And then, I don't know if people know this story, but when I came down to Nashville to visit a good friend, shout out to Mary Frain, that's when I met you. And you told me all about Love Good. And I was honestly really at first attracted to the apprenticeship program. But the idea of a movement of people passionate about music, the music was what first attracted me to, but also books and art and all these things. And really attract- culture. Yeah. Alter culture and beauty. Mm-hmm. A movement of people like that want to be intentional about these things 
was so amazing to me. And it just like, it felt like home right yeah, away. That's cool. And I'm also really passionate about like, we do not need to settle for what the world is giving us. Like mm. we do not need to settle like just because there's one bad word in a song, like, oh, well, the rest of the song is good. I don't know. Or there's one bad message or whatever. Like, I'm just so done with all of that. I want to, and, I, and at that time I was too, I wanted to invest in people that I believed in and music that I believed in and these movies and books and art that we're going to like lift my soul that weren't just like not bad, yeah. but actually good and beautiful. Mm. And that immediately drawed me in. And then the podcast and the playlists and all of that yeah. just like supplemented all of those desires for me. Yeah. And it sounds like so ridiculous to me now, but the transition that basically got us from, you know, doing summer tours with Kevin Hyder and Jackie yeah. Trico to now being what we are today was actually like largely spearheaded or or sort of driven by this two-year attempt at starting a religious order with David oh, Lee. Oh, yes! Which I'm glad you laughed because I laughed well, too. It's I like I'm so not crazy. laughing at you. It's just like... But there was this also period in there yeah. where there was a ton of excitement and I would say zeal, apostolic mm. zeal, creative energy, yeah. you know? And we very quickly realized, oh yeah, we're not supposed to be like starting a, an order or a community of monks, priests, missionaries, whatever. It's like, no, we, we need to like really build this into the movement that is love good mm-hmm. and especially the apprenticeship program. And in a sense to to cultivate, to encourage, to to really promote a way of life mm-hmm. that evangelizes culture through beauty, you know? Because for the longest time, love good was about the artists. It still is very much about the artists. But I would say now it's about the patrons. It's more about the patrons. Standing shoulder to shoulder with those artists. And in the same way that artists evangelize, even unknowingly, even subtly through the beauty of their crafts, especially if they're in more secular genres, if Mm -hmm. you want to call them that, that that certainly would have to be subtle at times, you know? In the exact same way that they evangelize through beauty, those of us who aren't as creative or who aren't as artistic, who don't have careers in music or careers in, you know, book writing and public speaking and all the more traditional things. Oh yeah, that's very creative. Oh, that's very artistic. All of us actually have an opportunity to evangelize culture through beauty as well with our lives and how we live. And I think that's where we've become much more of what the world would call a lifestyle brand. (laughs) But what are we ultimately about? Like a a way of life, not imposing, but proposing a way of life that points people to their heavenly homeland, that reminds them constantly that they that they came into existence from a place of deep and profound love, a communion of love, a a communion that we call the Trinity, right? And to be created in the image of a God who is the author of all that is true, good, and beautiful helps us understand why we long so deeply for the true, the good, and the beautiful. I think we can both agree that we're just living in a time where beauty has to come first. Yes. Because it's the only transcendental that knows no enemy, that really pierces people's hearts first and at times even bypasses the intellect and then reaches in and can really transform from the inside out, you know? Sounds like we've both had that experience personally along the way too. Absolutely. And especially this experience, like I want to go back to the patrons side by side thing you just said. We just received a message on Instagram this morning from this artist who I'd never heard of before. And she said like, oh, I'm really good friends with and named a patron and sent me a song and I listened to it and it was amazing. Hmm. And I just sat there being so thankful that our patrons like want these people to be part of Love Good. Yeah. And that we're this big, we are this big movement. And I also just want to say right now, I received an email a few months ago from awesome patron who just said, how come you never invite the patrons to 
share music with you. And I was like, I thought that we were just doing that implicitly. So if you would never felt like you were invited, I want each of our patrons to feel invited to send me an email, message us on Instagram, whatever. If you find an artist that you love, that you think needs to be part of the movement, absolutely send it our way. We want that more than anything. And that's, I mean, that's something that, that's what makes Love Good what it is. We're not just this company that provides content for a group of people. We never want to be that. We want to be a movement. We want to be the patrons and the artists have this beautiful relationship of like the artists wouldn't be able to create the work that they create if they didn't have patrons funding them essentially. Mm. And that's what Love Good wants to be is the intersection of these things. Mm. And, but not just an intersection, not just like a business deal, like people who believe in the power of beauty to change the world and want to change the world through yeah. beauty. And so, yeah. That's to be it. truly relational. Yes. And not transactional. In Absolutely. How we, we engage with artists and patrons. But also, I think we're learning more and more with partnering organizations as well. I yeah. mean, I'm looking right now, we're, we're obviously only a couple of days away from Seek 21. Yes. With an amazing organization, an apostolate that we've known and loved and been personally impacted by, in my case, for 13, 14 years. Yeah. I'm sure for you, certainly through college. Yeah, absolutely. Focus, right? The Fellowship of Catholic University Students, they still to this day look at their partnership with us through the Beauty Initiative as one of their most successful partnerships mm. in history. Because oftentimes in their 30-year history, I'm not talking mm. about history, history, but <laughs> basically they have often found that it's very hard to find mutually beneficial relationships yeah. with partners. And because they simply don't have the resources and if they began investing the resources or even the personnel into evangelization by way of beauty, to them it would be mission creep meaning it would be another mission creeping into their mission and yeah. they would remove sort of the the primary focus that they need to have focus <laughs> on their mission, right? Which is to send out college students on lifelong Catholic mm-hmm. mission, right? So with that has come this amazing opportunity to come together at the last two or three major focus conferences, yeah. SEEK and SLS. And for the first time ever in a very virtual way, to partner with them yet again and to not only be, you know, doing this really, really fun awakening competition for artists and musicians as we've always done, even for poets and, and visual artists, they've always been involved as well. But for the first time, we've also got essayists, mm. right? And short storytellers and people who even in their written word across platforms want to evangelize culture through beauty. It's a pretty amazing thing. And I suppose it's probably the right time to go ahead and announce it. We don't know if it's going to be summer or fall, but certainly before 2021 comes to a close, Love Good will be publishing a book, a compilation book of essays, poems, short stories from not only these amazing college students and even in some cases focused missionaries, but also from a few of our patrons as well. You know, you think back to- uh, And sometimes both. And in some cases, both. Yes. That's a really good point, actually, mm-hmm. you know? But, you know, th- you think back to, like, the really, really cheesy stuff that came out in the 90s, like chicken chicken soup for the soul. Okay, you know? I love chicken soup for I the know. soul, though. I'm sure you do. It's, it's, <laughs> it was never my thing, obviously, you know? I'm not saying it's the greatest literature ever written, but— By any means, it, but, yeah. it, The title really does encapsulate what it is. It's not trying to be anything more than what it is. Yeah. Good point. Or I think even to this, yeah. this molehill— I don't know if that's an annual publication put out by The Rabbit Room, but the point is, like, it's an incredible collection of essays and poems and mm-hmm. short stories. It really is Love Good's time to partner with an organization like Focus and the Beauty Initiative within Focus to get this kind of incredible work out there that otherwise the world may never hear, read, or encounter otherwise. And for the record, I have 
always wanted to do this. Seriously? Yes, especially ever since I discovered the molehill. It's cool. And started reading through that. I just, we have so many super talented patrons. Yeah. And we don't, we've never really had a great way to like capture modern like poetry and writing, like written written word. Like we've done some amazing publications of public things domain. that are in the public domain. Like we've done like, that's been an amazing way for us to get really beautiful literature out to our patrons. But I've always wanted some way to capture mm. our patrons and different people who we really respect their, their written word. Like it's... Yeah. And I've been judging. We're, we're on the judging team right, for the Awaken yeah. competition. And so I was on the short story team and they are so good. That's so cool. I'm and so excited. Yeah. So inspiring too. When I was done, I spent like a whole day reading these things. And then by the end, I was like, wow, I feel different. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. And I'm, Jimmy knows this, I'm not a reader. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle with it. And so, yeah. And it's exciting because you're going to be very involved with this conference. Yes. More so than me even. Mm-hmm. Down in Tuscaloosa, Tal- Yeah, so you're going to have a couple hundred college students experiencing it virtually together. Yes. But you're going to be all over it with Jackie Focus. And, and, and well, Jackie Minton. Right, but I mean, specifically, like, you're going to be on Zoom as well. Absolutely. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to sort of run a live virtual booth. Is yes. that right? Yes. So the best way for people to obviously stay in touch with you over the next few days is it's just a flurry of excitement around you is the Love Good Instagram, right? Yes. And specifically, you're so good at hopping on a story and just giving yep. people the the snapshot. So we're looking forward to kind of journeying with you, especially if we're not tuned in to Seek 21, if we don't even feel like we are a college student or, or uh, whatever, 20, 30-something yeah. missionary out there or person in ministry. I think the conference really is for anybody yeah. more than ever. So you really should register. But at the very least, follow along through Marisol. Yeah, I think that's gonna be really, really fun to watch yeah. unfold. And if you are registered for the conference, definitely check out Love Good at the virtual booth. I'd love to meet you, talk to you. And this has been a hugely successful partnership in the past for for us as well. We've seen so many new patrons come in through Focus conferences. I think it's worth, you know, before we close out the conversation today, to also highlight all of the incredible new patrons that against the odds did come in during 2020, right? Tell us a little bit about, obviously, the the craziness of March 25th to 27th and then a 12-week retreat series. I obviously have my perspective on that, and people have heard my perspective on that, usually live and in real time. But what most people maybe miss along the way is that you were the behind-the-scenes support and, and production arm of that whole endeavor, as well as the, the person crazy enough to support me as all of that was unfolding, because it did feel like a wild idea. And if you had said, heck no, we wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. For sure, I needed your encouragement and mm-hmm. support, but also like literally needed your collaboration every step of the way. Yeah. On top of that, we also pulled off a summer tour that, as far as we know, was completely safe yeah. and, and and led to zero spread of COVID-19. And, and yet it was still chock full of beauty and community. Yeah. So fill us in on 2020 real quick. 2020, wow. I mean, 2020 has been a crazy year for everyone, but it's been a really beautiful year for Love Good. And okay, so back to March, most people know we did this beautiful three-night mission. And yeah, it was, first of all, if you don't know what we're talking about and you're not a patron, go become a patron. Go to lovegoodpatrons.com and you have full access to that three-night mission. Definitely watch it. Definitely get some family together. It's a little bit 
out of date right now, but the content is Fun, timeless. I mean, funny enough that you say out of date too, because even the production quality was so yeah. limited. Yeah, the first episode, the camera kind of bumps around a little bit, then we figure that out by the second. <laughs> <laughs> just just oh. a warning for anyone that's going to watch it, but it's still, the content's timeless. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, it was like, you've talked about this before. It was this beautiful experience of just something that we had never done before that we were just running towards because we knew, like, I think we just knew that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit mm. for sure. And then it was kind of crazy because it was during like the height of lockdown. So it's not like we were meeting new people. We talked about this a lot. Like we, didn't, we hadn't met anyone new in like the month of March, right? But then because we had this amazing Zoom chat after, we actually did meet mm. new people and mm. who have become like very good friends. Like, like the Shingle like Deckers, the shingle patrons deckers. in Charlotte. And, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, Father, and the Van Horns. Father and Paul. Father Paul. Who became like Who the, we already loved dearly before this, but who really, we, we were very in his paternal care of those Yeah, months. I mean, so Father Ryan Adorjan is clearly the chaplain of Love of Good. But there's no doubt in our minds that F- Father Paul is the chaplain of our live stream retreat oh, series. I mean, he was all over that. It was amazing. It was so good. We love you, Father Paul, by the way. Yeah. But so that was just like a really, I don't know if we'll ever have an experience like that again. We will. It'll just be different. It'll just be like but because that was I just, could I could yeah. point to something like that uh, once every eighteen months. Of course, I agree too. But that was just you know? like that was a really special time for Love Good and for us and the feedback we got from people. It was just really and special. like a hundred and forty six patrons over the course of yes. a few months of those live stream events. Yeah, that blew us away. Yeah, I mean, I'm even thinking back to to the first live stream concert we did in the midst of COVID nineteen with Scott Mulvihill. Yeah. That was a really special night. That was really special. I mean, there was so many moments where I thought, I'm just so glad we, one, had this opportunity, that there's people tuned in and yeah. excited about it as well, but that the the courage was there to run with it because it did feel crazy at times. Mm-hmm. Definitely felt crazy. What else probably felt crazy to you was then planning a summer tour. The summer tour. Tell us about that. I remember, okay, so Jimmy sent me this voice memo one like early morning and it said, I have this crazy idea. Like states are going to start opening back up. What if we did a summer tour? Let's it, be the first. Let's be the first to be back into people's homes. Let's do this. And it was really, yeah, it was so crazy. And I had to think about it for a couple minutes and I didn't think Jackie would say yes. <laughs> but I think we planned it in like maybe 20 days. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Came I think, quick. yeah, it came together very, very quickly. We had the last show booked on the first day of our tour. Wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And... It was, I mean, we did a whole podcast episode on the tour and how beautiful it was, but I look back on that once again, like, I don't know if I'll ever have a moment like that again. It was so, so special. You remember Mike Mangione? Is that ringing any bells? Yeah. He's an artist we've worked with off and on through the years. And he's yeah. been a good friend and just a huge encourager, like knowing yeah. that Mike Mangione exists yeah. gave me a lot, gives me a lot of courage most days. And he said that when he first got his career off the ground, he would have shows booked two months out, but he was always booking that third month while he was on the road. Yeah. And he literally spent just about every day for two or three years straight on the road, basically like building up his grassroots fan base. So right now we're so excited when we get like love good content scheduled two or three months <laughs> yeah. out. But he was literally on tour for two or three years straight and only ever had it booked two or three months out of time. That's so crazy. And it was just constantly, I mean, I was just thinking, if you want, 
That'd maybe, be so fun. Maybe I'll try that. I if mean, you'd like to book a show. You thrive on the road even more than I do when it comes yeah. to a, a new place every single day, a new night, new bed. I, I have a hard time being in places for only 24 hours. I want to stay for a few days, yeah. ideally a week or longer. You know, I just love being with those people for a while. Yeah. I which would, I'm sure yeah. you would too, but it's just you have a higher tolerance for the constant change. But I will say, you know? I could never do that if our patrons didn't take such good care of us. They are amazing. And I mean, like a meal, like a home cooked meal every single you feel night. Really at home. A warm bed that's not like in a hotel. It's and like you're traveling with people bedroom. who are not only like wicked talented artists, but dear friends, yeah. like sisters to you, yeah. especially Jackie. Especially Jackie. So this is the obviously note to, to to land the plane on because you are in the process of booking yet mm-hmm. another safe, sensible, and socially distanced tour. Yeah. Really, in the spring, into the summer, as much as it's possible. Mm-hmm. You have a very busy summer already, but tell us how we can get on board with that and bring you into our living rooms or maybe better yet, our backyards where it's really going to be safe. Yeah, you're going to go to lovegoodculture.com slash concert. Which will be in the liner notes of this episode. Absolutely. And you can just fill it out. Let us know where you're at. And I will be, if you reach out, I'll be reaching back out to you and love to get something on the I mean, calendar but like, there, there are people listening who still have no idea what a house concert is and why they're just so powerful. Pitch mm. it real quick. Okay. So house concerts are something that will change your life forever. So basically what happens is you reach out to me, we plan it, you get, you fill your backyard with people that are socially distanced or your house if that's possible to be safe. Or maybe the whole world's vaccinated at some point soon. You know, exactly. whatever. Exactly. We'll talk about how to keep it safe. And I will come to your home with an incredible artist. We'll put on this beautiful show and then we'll invite all your friends to become Love Good patrons. And it's really the main way that we grow, but it's also the the most beautiful way that we have seen to spread the mission of love good, to get people excited about culture and to give them a a moment where they can kind of like step out of the craziness of the world and encounter beauty. That's right. I think that was the most beautiful part about the summer is that people hadn't really been together at all. And it was a moment to all be together and to really like look towards like what it was that, like what it is that we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And and we have an episode either coming or... Yeah, actually, within a few weeks, coming with Dr. Ryan Hanning. Mm-hmm. And we just talk about the incarnational reality of education, which, mm-hmm. okay, so this makes a lot of sense in a school. It also makes a lot of sense in real life, in, in home life, in community. We need each other. We cannot exist in isolation. And even as Love Good, we don't want to sit behind screens and microphones talking yeah. about this stuff. No. We want to come and be with you and cultivate this art of being human together as a family, as a community, as friends. So thanks be to God for that opportunity that we all have. And thanks to all of you, especially to our patrons for making Love Good possible, making this podcast possible and making even the work that we do possible day in and day out. We do not take it for granted. Nothing but love and prayers to all of you here as we're still in the very first few weeks of 2021. We hope to see you on the road. And in the meantime, be following Marisol on Instagram over the next few days at Seek 21. We'll hope to see some of you there. Peace. Cause in a world where fools and six Try to bar the golden door To keep out the huddled masses The tired and the poor Where the homeless long for shelter From the chaos of the squalls How can I raise the flag Love beyond its walls I'm trying hard To be a better man All I can do Is make you 
can understand. You're listening to Make an Honest Stand, the title track from Kevin Hyder's 2020 EP. It's a brand new EP, also called Make an Honest Stand. Go listen to it. Go stream it. It's found everywhere digital music exists. Okay, Kevin Hyder, he's one of our favorites. And frankly, this is a good moment to remember so many of the artists that were with us in the earliest days of Love Good. My mind immediately goes to Kevin Hyder, to Colleen Nixon, to Chris Cole, all right? Burke and Graffia, plenty of artists that are still out there putting out new music that we've had the privilege of accompanying now for seven, almost eight years. Pretty amazing stuff. What's really cool is not only do we have all these artists that we've known and loved for years, we're constantly meeting new artists as well. And one of the ways that that happens for us annually is at the SEEK conference, sometimes SLS, but it's often called SEEK, which happens through FOCUS. FOCUS is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. They have an incredible movement within Focus called the Beauty Initiative. And so if you are not going to be a part of Seek 21, you probably should be, okay? It's not too late to sign up. All you got to do is type Seek 21 into Google and you will find easy ways to sign up. It's a, it's a virtual conference this year. It's happening really for college students and those who are really interested in growing in their faith far beyond college students who also want to especially through the Awakened Competition, integrate beauty more and more into their life of faith as well. So all that can be found online, but you want to be following us on Instagram. Marisol is going to be going live. She's going to be adding things to the story nonstop. It's going to be really exciting. She'll be live from Tuscaloosa, February 4th through 7th. Okay, that's this weekend. Very, very exciting stuff. And then the other thing that you really should know about, okay, is that I'm hosting another live stream retreat. I'm doing these every other month right now, a live stream retreat exclusively at letbeautyspeak.com. So you're going to want to go to letbeautyspeak.com right here, right now, type in your name, your email address. That will ensure that you get all the email reminders and easy access to the live stream retreat when it happens, specifically on Thursday, February 11th. Okay, I'm really excited about that. Not only am I going to get to use this brand new studio here, it's beautiful, by the way, not just as an audio studio, it's a video studio, which means I've got a a brand spanking new camera, a beautiful flat screen TV as part of the actual studio set. And frankly, just a a real excitement to share all the good things that are happening down here in Tampa, specifically how I am watching evangelization and conversion unfold all around me. If you need hope, especially because times really are tough, if if the, the, the year already is trying you, okay, trying your patience, trying your, your virtue of hope, tune in, okay? Again, letbeautyspeak.com. The actual live stream retreat is happening February 11th. I'm going to be pointing to some really amazing things that are happening and also reminding all of us of the need to be plugged in locally to our local church, to our local community, to our local neighborhoods, perhaps even to our local politics, right? We get so worked up every four years in this country about national politics, but you know where the real change happens? It happens locally, all right? And I cannot wait to celebrate some of that. And just to to remind all of us of the importance of being invested in community and to find hope right in front of us and the lives that are transformed day in and day out around us, and especially through the church, through even politics, finding ways to, to be people who are rooted in community and find their hope, you know, not in national solutions and national politics, but rather in local realities, local community, and ultimately our faith in the Lord himself. So, 
Go to LetBeautySpeak.com. Get signed up. I can't wait for this retreat. I cannot wait to really start seeing many of you in the months ahead. I've got a very busy summer coming up. Obviously, a beautiful school year still unfolding down here in Tampa, Florida. But I'm going to be all over the place in June and July, and I cannot wait to bump into so many of you. Nothing but love and prayers from Tampa. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.